0: Amen. December 23rd. We have a lot of gift giving coming up. And uh, I want to start this morning by encouraging you to dive in and dialogue with me. I want you to think about this question What gift this year are you most excited to give? Not to get. Which gift this year are you most excited to give? Which one would that be? Why don't you turn to the person to your left or your right and tell them, ask them the question, what gift are you most excited to give? And uh, then ask the other person the question and listen to them, all right? You've got 39 seconds, so use them wisely. Your marks, get set, Go. If you haven't switched yet, go ahead and switch. If you are done, try awkwardly staring each other in the eyes for a couple moments. That'll be exciting. Try that. Very good. I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm excited to report to you today that we have a lot of gifts that are worth giving And we want to talk about the greatest gift that has ever been given to us and what we will do with that greatest gift. You know, if you've uh, been here at Grace Point for a while, you know that this candle is important to us. It symbolizes the greatest gift that has been given to us, and that's in Jesus Christ. And when the light of Jesus comes on in someone's life for the first time, we light this candle celebrating Jesus coming alive in their life. As I told you a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was numerous people who accepted Jesus for the first time uh, through our children's production and our worship arts Christmas uh, worship time together. But again this week, we had another man accept Christ for the first time. Pastor Rex was praying with somebody in the hospital. Now, some of you thought Pastor Rex just got saved. No, he, he's known Jesus for a while. Just listen, listen, you, you went ahead of me. Pastor Rex was praying with someone in the hospital and asked the very important question, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to accept Jesus today? And I love what was told to me of this story. The guy said, well, if, if you could make it real simple. I, I'm not real good at praying complex prayers. You know what? God has made it so simple for us. And I want to celebrate the simple gift of Jesus that was accepted by this man. And, and let's, let's cheer just like heaven is right now, celebrating his salvation. Amen. You know what, it's not just Pastor Rex who has a divine appointment, you and I have one too this week, and so let's be looking for who God brings across our path. What will we do with this greatest gift God has given to us? Second Corinthians nine fifteen says this, now thanks be to God for his gift, precious, beyond telling, his indescribable, inexpressible, free gift. Paul says this gift, it is so good, there are no words to describe how great it is. What is this gift? God has given us the gift of Jesus. Now, every time I get up to share, every time I proclaim God's truth, I want you to know how powerful and important it is. And one of the things I feel like we're in danger of today is this is a message that I can see and In the eyes of many of us, we've heard this before. And just like our kids say to us, I already know that. Well, there's some things that we need to know again that we've already heard. This gift that is so great that's been given to us is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And this morning I want us to look at why God would give us this great gift in Jesus These four reasons, they're definitely not the only ones, but it's four important reasons why God has given us the greatest gift ever. The first, if you're taking notes, jot this down. It's, It's to remove misconceptions about God. To remove misconceptions about God. All of us in this room at one time or another have had some misconceptions about who God is. Our culture is filled with misconceptions of who God is. They see God sometimes as a policeman, a gotcha God. It's it's kind of like God is in this speed trap of life, just parked out, hanging, ready to catch you doing something wrong. It's this cosmic killjoy that wants to suck the very joy of life out of you. This is a misconception about God. Some of us have the misconception that God is this elderly grandfather who is so out of touch who is around but not really in touch with anything anymore. It's this person who can never get their computer to work, that never understand new technology. They're so dated, they have no relevance, and we see God as somebody like that. Sometimes we have a misconception about God that he is unappeasable. There's nothing you could do to please this angry God who is vengeful. There's many misconceptions about God. Where do we get these? Some of them, I think they come from, from our media culture, who depicts God as this, you know, roundish guy in a toga dancing from one cloud to another and a cartoon figure, and, and we really don't see who God is. Well, as much as that frustrates me, why would I expect media to get it right? And if many of them don't profess to know God, then, then why would I think that they should be the one to give me a good depiction of who he is? But nonetheless, it's a, it's a misconception. Some of us, we've picked up misconceived ideas or, or uh, these misconceptions about God from our parents. Some of them were intentionally told to us. Unintentionally, we've picked up things that we just view God as something other than who He is. Sometimes it's come from pastors. Sometimes well-meaning people wanting to say something that would make you feel good or make you feel better has perpetuated a a bad idea of who God is sometimes it's ourselves. sometimes we deny the truth before us and we begin to make a picture of a God that we would rather serve or one that we feel like that we are serving this gift of Jesus Christ is is to remove the misconceptions about God now I wonder if there's uh any distorted images in the room today of, of who God is You know, I love to ask this question when I'm getting to know people, and I've asked a number of you this question over the last number of months. Uh, What is God doing in your life in recent days? You see, when you can find out the God talk, what people are saying about God, it tells you where they are at. How do they see God? How do they view God? And sometimes when you talk to people and you say, Hey, tell me about God. Tell me what God means to you. Tell me what God's doing in your life recently. You begin to uncover who they really are. And you can begin to say, You know what? I don't think I'd like God either if that's who God was. I think I would be be depressed too if if that's who god really was and and we can begin to see that just because we think god is a certain way doesn't mean that it's true and god has given us this tremendous gift in jesus christ to combat these misconceptions about god you say well pastor brady where do you get that well john eighteen thirty seven, jesus says this this is why i was born and came into the world to tell people the truth and this truth will set you free. Jesus gives us the truth. John 1, 18, No one has ever seen God. The only one is the one who is the same as God. He has made him known. See, Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the one who shows us what God looks like. John fourteen nine. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You want to see God? You want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus. This tremendous gift given to us helps us see who God really is. can shatter our misconceptions about God. Well, let's move on. Jesus is the great gift to us also so we can see that God wanted to express his great love for us. To help us get a clear picture of who he is remove the misconceptions but also to express his great love for us John 3:16 you know this God so loved the world that he gave his only son Jesus is the expression of God's love and it's at this point that i think we become so familiar with this good news message that we go okay hang on we're going to get somebody with get somewhere with this i i want us to catch this again you see Some of us know that we need Jesus, but we don't really feel like we need him anymore. If we don't need Jesus' gift in himself to us, God would not have sent him. You know, our world right now and our culture is saying that if you love your friends or your family, you'll buy them a gift. That's the way you'll tell them you love them. And the next couple of days, you, you most likely will be giving a gift, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, sometimes we see that if we really, 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 really love somebody, then you really, really, really buy them a good gift. And, and there's a lot of problems with that, but it's rooted in this idea of I'm going to say no to something of myself, my money, my my cash, and I'm going to spend it on you. One of the few times that our culture tries to get it right with being selfless, but yet we begin to see all kinds of sales that say, buy one for your friend and get one for yourself. <laughs> You buy more and you get more. And we begin to get this selfishness back into this gift giving again. But John, excuse me, First John 4, 9 and 10 talks to us about what a real gift of love looks like. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love that God sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. That's what real love looks like. Real love is about sacrifice. Real love is when a life is laid down for another. If your love is not described by sacrifice, scriptures tell us it may not be real love. So God has sent His Son to be an expression of His love, He's given His sacrifice of His Son. Now, many of us know everything that I've been saying thus far. We know this in our head. Many of us have taught this to our friends and to our classes, and, and we know this in our head. But my question today is, does your heart know it? Does your heart remember it? Does it resonate within your chest that your God loves you? He's head over heels in love with you. He's thrilled with what he's created in you. This time of year, we need to remember that the greatest gift we have ever been given in Jesus is because he loves you. He loves everything about you. He wants to bring healing to your heart. He wants to bring forgiveness to your heart. He wants to bring holiness to your heart. He's not done with you. He loves you so much that he wants to continue to mold and shape you, but... But that's for another talk. That's another time. Right now, God wants you to know, He loves you. Well, I kind of know that. I've read that. I've memorized that. I've taught that. Does your heart know that God loves you? God loves you perfectly. You won't find any man who loves you perfectly. I'm sorry, women, you won't. Keep looking, you won't. You won't find any woman who loves you perfectly. I'm sorry, guys. You won't because every man and every woman is flawed. And as much as they love you, their love will be flawed. But God's love is perfect love. And he will fulfill that void in your life, that desire to be loved like nobody else. And the question today is do you know in your heart how much he loves you? The sad fact is that there's many people in the church today who are still trying to get their love void filled by some other category other than God. They they appreciate that God has saved them from hell, but they're earning their love that they didn't receive from their parents by working really hard at work. They're earning their love that they didn't receive from a sibling or a close friend by trying to perform for everybody else around them. They're guarding their shattered heart that doesn't receive love by keeping people at arm's length. And they have a tough exterior, but really inside they're just as broken and fragile as anyone else you've ever met. Because their love void has not been filled by their Creator. God loves you so much. God wants to express his great love to you in this greatest gift of Jesus. Ephesians three eighteen and 19 says, may you be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, how high God's love really is. And to experience his love for yourself. It's one thing for me to stand up here and talk to you about God's love. That's another thing for you to sit there and and know in your head God's love. It's another thing to live in the experience of a heavenly Father who is pleased with who you are. There's freedom in that. The third, Jesus is the greatest gift given to us to develop a relationship with God. Remove misconceptions about God to express the love that God has for us and to develop a relationship with God He came so that you and I can not only have our sins forgiven, but so we can be connected to him Ephesians 1 5 His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ His plan has always been to make you a part of his family. You are alive today because God wants to have a relationship with you. Do you believe that? Do do we live that way? That God wants to have a relationship with us? Now, church, I know that we know the right answers to say. But I'm not asking you if you know the right answers. to say I'm asking you What have you done with the greatest gift that's been given to all of mankind? Do you know that he is thrilled with who you are and he wants you to live in that gift? By developing a relationship with him You see there's going to be a day when this world comes to an end when your heart will stop beating And you will no longer be alive on this earth But friends, don't make a mistake. You will live for eternity somewhere. All of us will die here, but all of us will live forever somewhere. And a relationship with Jesus is what gives us eternal life with him. The greatest gift that could be given to us. Romans 5.11 So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us By making us friends of God. Only possible through the gift of Jesus. Have you intentionally, on purpose, chosen to receive Christ as your Savior? See, Pastor Brady, that's a silly question to ask on December 23rd at Grace Point in First Service. You know that First Service people are like patriarch people. You know that we've been coming and serving God for decade after decade. You're asking me if I know Jesus? Hey, it's too good for me not to ask. See, you can be around the things of God. You can be around the church for eons and never really accept God's gift and Jesus Christ to you. Friend, you know what? I've been there. I don't have to tell you about what what someone else did. I've been there myself. It's so much harder to pretend that you're living in a relationship with God. Just let him be your Lord and let him guide you. When you're moving in the flesh and trying to keep it all together and it just kind of doesn't work, God never intended it to be that way. The question is, have you received Jesus as the greatest gift of all into your life today? Galatians 3. 26 says you are all children of god through faith in jesus christ Now there's many here today who would answer that question i just asked before and say yes pastor Yes, i've accepted jesus. Yes. He's the lord of my life. Well, look at galatians 3 26 you are all children of god through faith in jesus christ. Where is your faith today? Not where was your faith ten years ago. Not where was your faith when when you were in college. Not where was your faith last month. Where is your faith today? What are you placing your trust, your hope in? What are you leaning on? If it's not Christ, you are missing the greatest gift of all. The fourth and final thought that I'm going to share, there's definitely more than this, but why would God give this great gift in Jesus Christ forth to to fulfill God's promises. To fulfill God's promises. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all of God's promises have been filled in Christ with a resounding yes. All of God's promises, everything he said he's going to do that he will do, has been fulfilled with a resounding yes in Jesus. Here's what that means for us today. Can an anxious person ever find peace here on earth? Yes. Can the sick be healed and given health here on earth? Yes. Can broken hearted people find comfort here? Yes. Can guilty people experience freedom from their sins in this broken world? Yes. Is there any hope for me today? Yes. And it's in Jesus Christ and it's only in Christ. See, Jesus is the resurrection and the life for all those who believe on him. 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. Well, don't miss this. Whoever has the Son has life. Now, I'm thinking back to the, the friend that Pastor Rex was pray, praying with, and, and he asked him, would you like to receive Jesus as your Savior? And, and I loved the statement. It was so profound. I don't even know if he knew how profound it was. If it's simple You see god knows That our intellect doesn't save us God knows that it's not some kind of mental ascent to kind of grasp who he is that saves us It's our trust in him and it's spelled out as simple as it can be here. Whoever has the son jesus has life whoever does not have jesus Has death I have written this to you who believe in the name of the son of god so that you may know that you know know That you have eternal life. Some of us here today just need to know that we know Jesus. We need to know the hope we have in him. God has given us this gift. And this gift, everywhere it goes, it demands an answer. This gift came to a virgin. And the gift asked, would you carry me? But it's going to cost you something. You're going to be misunderstood. She said yes. This gift came to a little bit older guy named Joseph and asked, will you be part of my story? And before you answer, you need to know it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your reputation. And Joseph said, yes. This gift came to a king named Herod. The question was asked, will you usher in the king of kings and the Lord of lords? And Herod said, no. We see Jesus' life, every person he interacted with, the question of who Jesus is, what you will do with the greatest gift ever, demands an answer. And people, time after time, had to answer that. As we fast forward to the end of his life here on earth, Jesus hung on a cross and he looked to the right and he said, Do you want me to be a part of your story? And the man to his right said, No. And he looked to his left and said, do you want me to be a part of your story? And he said, yes. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Every time this gift is presented, a response is demanded. It's yes or it's no. Well, maybe. I think I later kind of, hey, all those are no. It's a creative way for saying no. No. Have I received him or not? Yes or no? The the fact is, this greatest gift that's given to us, the greatest gift you will ever receive, we have to ask the question or answer the question, will you ignore it? Will you reject it? Or will you receive that gift? If I ignore it, I'm rejecting it. If I receive it, I have received all of who he is. Now, this morning and the remainder of our time, I, I want you to, to just get real honest. I, I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation today. That wouldn't help anything. In fact, if you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you celebrate that great gift. And no way do I want to talk you out of what you have experienced in Christ. But I'm asking you today, have you... Have you answered the question about the greatest gift ever given? You can be around it and ignore it, and friend, ignoring it is rejecting it. But have I received it? And, and for those of you who say, you know what, I, I don't know that I've ever received that gift. At a moment today, I want to pray with you. And, and just as the report we heard when Pastor Rex asked that question, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to accept Jesus today? This could be the greatest day of your life. But I think there's many in this room who would say, "Pastor, yes, I've received Christ, and this is a great gift, and and I, I don't want you to keep pressing me like this." Well, well, here's another question for us today. It's good for me, may not be for you, but it's good for me. But where, where is that gift that God has given you? Is the gift in the attic, or is it in the living room? Now, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, sometimes you get gifts, and and, and They don't always stay in the house. You get a gift at a certain age, and it's the most amazing thing in the world. I was, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old, and I got Hungry Hungry Hippos for Christmas. It was awesome. I was thrilled, not only because the game was an amazingly wonderful game, but it's exactly what I asked for. And I couldn't believe all my dreams had come true, and my life was going to be amazing now that I had Hungry Hungry Hippos. Now Hungry Hippos resides in my attic, I mean, it's not that I don't like it, I just kind of outgrew it. I have a lot of great memories of it, and sometimes I kind of wonder, why Why did I think it was so cool? What was what was so good about white marbles on a board moving around and hippo mouths trying to grab them? What was so good about that? I mean, it. I, I'm too mature for that now. Not really, I still would play it if I could find it. But it's in the attic somewhere. You know there's things that you, you store in the attic, and it's stuff that you don't really want to get rid of. You just don't have room for it in your life anymore. It's that furniture that was given to you as a gift, or at one point it was so necessary, but now you don't have space, and you need to create room, so you just stick it in the attic. The things in the attic, it's that stuff that's, that's valuable, but it's not practical. I, I have a collection of baseball cards that's in my attic, and, and sports fans, they're in plastic, don't worry. It's my dad's baseball cards that he got in the early 50s. And there's Mickey Mantle, and there's Babe Ruth, and there's a bunch of those guys. And I guess they're valuable, but not real practical. You try to sell them, and nobody really knows what they're worth. And then you feel like you're selling your family heirloom. And and so, you know, I'm not going to throw it away, but what am I going to do? with it? It's just in the attic. Just put it in the attic. And then there's things in the attic that we're supposed to like, we can't get rid of. We never really want it. I've got a plaque in, 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 our attic that, that says, The Wise Homestead. It's a wooden plaque and it's engraved, burnt in there. It says, The Wise Homestead established 1999. I didn't really like it that much. But it's got my name on it. I mean, what do you, you don't throw it away. And, and some family member of a family member of a family member, I can't even remember how we're related to them, but they gave it to us and so we're supposed to have it and so you just hang it up on the attic somewhere. But, the contrast that with the things in your living room. The things in your living room is the stuff you use every day. It's your favorite chair. It's your it's your couch. It's it's the TV. It's the coffee table where you put your snacks and your food, and you get them all lined up. And it's so good, and it's right there. It's just in the living room, there's often family, friends you hang out with. It's the stuff you do life with. And and so back to where we're at in the Word this morning. What have you done with this greatest gift? Where is it today? Those of you who have received it, is it in the attic? Or is it in your life? You see, when we received a gift of of Jesus Christ, he he came and it was it was brand new. It was awesome. And we see the story of his life and it's it's shiny and and it may have been meaningful at some point, but life happened and and just kind of went by the wayside and we just kind of put them in the attic. And every now and then we, we pull it out and we, we just think, Jesus, you're wonderful. And no, I'm not saying this book is your salvation. I'm saying this book talks about your salvation. I'm not saying that if you can memorize this book, then you have earned your way to Christ. No, I'm saying that if you love Christ, you'll want to read this book. But, but we, we, some of us won't even allow it to get dusty. We don't even open it. It's in the plastic but, but something happens when we come to this time of year, and, and if Jesus is not in the attic, he, he becomes part of our life. It's It gets a little bit messed up and written in, and you can begin to see promise after promise that has been true in his life. I share that with you this morning to ask the question, where is Jesus, the greatest gift that's ever been given in your life? I don't know pastor you asking all these questions you made me talk to my neighbor about what gift I want to give I don't even I'm still mad about that It's okay You'll get over it Tomorrow sometime Here's how you'll know If Jesus is in the attic You find misconceptions about God creeping back in You begin to think that you know God just doesn't love me God just doesn't understand God is not there We've stored Jesus in the attic when that happens. You begin to find that you're not living out of God's love for you and God's love. You're living out of legalism. Of what you have learned to keep holy and sacred by rules. You treat Jesus more like an insurance policy or a political statement than you do some kind of relationship that's vital and a part of your everyday. You draw a blank when you begin to think about a promise of God that he is Developing in you right now You say well, how do I know if jesus is in my living room? Jesus is still helping you see the truth about who god is you're still learning new things about god Be very careful if you get to the place where you feel like you know everything there is to know about god He's in the attic He wants to reveal new parts of who he is Mrs. Taylor. She was in her 90s and before she passed away. I asked her Mrs. Taylor tell me Tell me what? What Jesus is teaching you? I was pretty excited. That was a pretty good question. I was more excited about my question. I didn't even know what she was going to say. I was excited. And she said, the more I learn about him, the more I learn about me. Okay. And the more I see of him, he is so good. The more I see of myself, it is not good. And I got depressed all of a sudden. Mrs. Taylor, if there's not good in you, then... And there's no good in me. She was a spiritual giant. and She read two books a day for her last 40 years. Just just her last 40 years of her life. I mean, she was a learned woman and 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 she knew things about God. But what she began to put a taste in my mouth was to see that if you really know Jesus, you're not satisfied with who you are. You are nothing compared to him. If Jesus is in the living room, you're hungry for him to teach you more about who he is. There's a hunger and thirst to know more of God and You live where Jesus actually invades your everyday life. It's not just Christmas. It's not just Sunday. It invades your everyday life. Friend, as we close this morning, I'm going to ask Pastor Edgar to come up and play something on the piano. I I want us to get the gift that's been given to us where it needs to be in the center of our life. For some of us, we need to receive that gift. We've been ignoring it and that's rejecting it or we flat out rejected it. We need to receive that gift I can't think of a better time than here at christmas to receive the gift of jesus christ I think there's many of us in this room that that we love jesus. We've we've received him And he was so cool back then It was so great Then But we kind of outgrown god and we know that's impossible, but we act that way. Well, I, when I was a new Christian, I just really devoured stuff and pressed in and wanted to pray, and wanted to read, and wanted to tell people about Christ, but uh, I got mature. No, you just put them in the attic. The good news is Jesus isn't mad at you. He says, hey, it's Christmas. I got a gift for you. It's the same one. Dust me off, bring me out, put me in the living room. This is the time to do it. Some of us, it's a time with humble celebration to say, Jesus, you're not just in the living room, you are the living room. My whole life is centered around you. That's how we've been living. And today is a day to celebrate this gift that's given to you that's greater than anything else. As I pray in just a moment, there's going to be a huge temptation to bow your head, close your eyes, and just plan for lunch. Don't do that. It's going to be there, wherever it is. And it's still going to taste good. But we have an opportunity to answer the question again that this gift demands an answer to. Not just what you did with it way back when, or what you didn't do with it way back when. What will you do with the greatest gift ever given today? Ignore, reject it, or accept it. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for reminding us what we know in our head was meant to not stop there. It was meant to get in our heart. I pray for those of my friends in this room today who need to bring you out of the attic. They're not a bad person. They haven't stopped loving you. It's just life has gotten crazy and you've been pushed to the side. I pray this Christmas and the homes represented in this place, you will take front and center. Giving gifts to each other is not bad, but it's out of an overflow of what you've given to us. So let's let you take center stage, not just in the gift exchange, but in our everyday life. Bring back the joy in our hearts of what you've given to us. So those of my friends who are feeling that conviction today, I just invite you to ask Jesus, Jesus, come on out of the attic. He wants to reside in your everyday living room. There's some people in this room, I'm confident, who they need to ask Jesus to be Lord of their life. If you're here today and and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today I'm not going to ask you to stand up Today, I'm not even going to ask you to come forward and pray I'm going to ask you at your seat as you bow your head and close your eyes To repeat after me It's not complicated. It's it's very simple You pray this in your mind as I pray it out loud Jesus I know that there's things that I have said and done wrong. And I know those things are sin. And I know my sin separates me from you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin today. I'm not just sorry that I've gotten caught. I want you to be in charge of my life. And with your help, Jesus... I want to live for you for the rest of my days. Thank you for saving me now. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, as we end today, a final thought. You have been given the greatest gift in all the world. Are you just going to hoard it? Or give it to somebody? It's my prayer that over the next couple of weeks when we have some time off from work, some time with family, all of us a little bit change of pace, ask God to show you the divine appointment. He doesn't just give them to Pastor Rex. He wants to give them to you and share the greatest gift that you've received with someone else this year. Have a blessed day. I was going to ask you to come back tonight. You're welcome to come back tonight. You'll be here by yourself. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow evening at five thirty. The Christmas Eve service. God bless you. You're dismissed.